Well, hey there, webcast heads. Welcome to issue 32 of the Amazing Spider webcast, where we present issue 32 of the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, this one features a cover, Man on a Rampage. And the man in question is a Spider-Man who is on a rampage. Um, and it's uh, the cover's pretty good. He's, he's, I would say rampage is an accurate description. He's like tearing a staircase off the wall that has a bunch of, you know, goons on it, while also kicking a hole in another wall, and he seems to have turned over a car. Um, I guess, you know, something it doesn't tell you in the cover is that these are criminals that he's rampaging on. It kind of it kind of makes it look like he's just gone Incredible Hulk on everything, but actually it's uh, not unmotivated. So uh, here's the intro. Prepare yourself for a startling surprise. You and Spidey are about to meet one of his most powerful former foes as the teenage web spinner plunges into battle with every tick of the clock bringing him closer to defeat. Um... It's kind of a it's kind of funny because so we've had the master planner who I think it's been alluded to up to this point in some pretty like you know in silhouette and stuff that it's Dr. Octopus but it reveals on page 2 that uh the master planner as he's called is really Dr. Octopus in his underground base um there's a really great okay so there's a word balloon Am I always to be plagued by that sniveling Spider-Man? If not for his accursed interference, asterisk, I would now possess the radioactive material I so desperately need. Now the asterisk is, of course, one of those notes of like, see last issue or whatever. Um, shown in all its glory, last issue, remember? Stan. Now, I was like, this might be one of the most unnecessary one of these I've come across so far. Because do you really need, like, a supervillain is saying that Spider-Man has been hassling me? I don't know if we need to refer to a specific issue to sort of put the pieces together on that, right? Where it's like, that sniveling Spider-Man and his accursed interference. Oh, that happened last issue. Okay, so that just, that's not something that happened, like, off-screen, basically. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we find out it's Dr. Octopus. And, uh, I, I'm not, I kind of don't understand now that this has been revealed why he was going under the alias of doc of master planner, as opposed to Dr. Octopus. I'm not sure what advantage that provides. Like I get, I get the move from being Otto Octavius to Dr. Octopus. Cause you're like, I don't know. I've published in some reputable journals. I don't want that part of my career to just vanish into thin air. So, you know, this is my Otto Octavius persona. Let's call it like a pen name. He's got his, you know, academic work under Otto Octavius and his uh, supervillain work under Dr. Octopus, right? But why do you need a third master planner one? Especially because the master planner is, as far as I can tell, doing exactly Dr. Octopus's MO. It's not like the master planner is like, okay, this Dr. Octopus thing didn't work out, so now I'm going to be the master planner who's, like, totally different. He's wearing the same outfit and the same goofy glasses, and he even talks to a henchman, 
uh, you know, and it's like his arm is clearly in the shot. It's in like a, a video phone. His face is there. His arm is there. The he- you can see the henchman's whole face in like, you know, it's like a bust view. And so I'm like, do the henchmen not know that he's Dr. Octopus? Or do they know for some reason? Do they care? What is happening? I'm not sure why any of this is happening. But anyway, we cut to Peter Parker, who's trying to blow off Betty Brant. And uh, if you remember, what was happening here is Betty Brant hates Spider-Man. And also it was like, I think her brother got killed somehow because he like wanted a life of excitement and adventure. And that got him killed somehow. And so she's like real into Peter Parker, but at the same time is like, he knows that she would hate him being Spider-Man and, you know, hate Spider-Man. So he's like, I gotta like, uh, extinguish her interest in Peter Parker because this will only result in heartache, which I sort of get. That's like a plot that makes sense, right? You're like, okay, he's trying to like get her to not be interested in Peter Parker because he knows that the Spider-Man side of things will cause her trouble. But the way he does this is um, terrible, which basically what he tries to do is act like a dickhead so that she hates him and then will lose interest. Now, I will say... This is probably not an atypical way for someone who's like 19 or 20 to handle a breakup in a relationship, which is like, I think what I'm going to do here is just basically be a person that this other person hates, and then I will force them to break up with me, which then I don't feel as bad about. I don't have to feel like the bad guy here because I'm the one who lost interest, which is a terrible idea. It's a terrible thing to do. Um, don't do it, anybody. I know it seems it seems like a good plan when you're like 19. And I think it seems like a good plan because you're like, I think I might be the first one who's ever thought of this, which is probably the thing that 19-year-olds most often think that is most incorrect. I bet I am a genius. Whenever you're, <laughs> if you're 19 and you've come up with a plan and you think you're a genius... Unless it's for like a way to make money using technology that no one's really seen before, um, you're probably wrong. If it's like a romantic move you're going to make, you're probably incorrect. You just got to have the guts to break up with people. Whether or not Peter Parker is going to learn that lesson, I'm not sure. But um, I guess that remains to be seen whether or not his horrible plan for breaking up is whatever. And even, you know, he's like, uh, oh, she'll marry Ned Leeds, everything's will be fine, but I'll carry a torch for her forever, because he loves her a bunch, but it's just like, this will be bad for her if we're together. He's sort of a bad boy in a way. Um, bad at relationship boy. You know, he's, I'll carry a torch forever. He's just, he's making complicated bad decisions that seem obviously like bad decisions. And I think we're supposed to, as readers, be like, Peter Parker, this is the wrong decision. Um, But I guess he's making it for the right reason, sort of. He's making it for the reason of, like, people tend to get killed when they associate with Spider-Man, which uh, will plague him much worse in the years to come. Anyway, Aunt May, they figured out her mysterious ailment this time, 
which is that she uh, absorbed a radioactive particle into her blood, and they aren't able to get it out. Now, apparently, uh, Spider-Man, Hulk, Daredevil absorbing radioactive particle gave them superpowers. And, uh, you know, the, it's much, much hay has been made about the joke of, you know, back in the day, it was like, how did you get superpowers? Radiation. Oh, uh, that didn't just kill you? Um, but we are seeing an example here of, oh, okay, yeah, radiation just killed somebody. Um, and apparently, you know, Peter Parker had given Aunt May a blood transfusion at one time, and he's like, that's probably how it happened, which I think is also how She-Hulk happened. So you gotta wonder, Marvel comics are nothing if not inconsistent, but that's fine. So Spider-Man swings around the cities trying to figure out what to do. He goes to the lizard slash Dr. Kurt Connors and swings into his window and is like, Dr. Connors, I need your help. Do you remember me? And I was like, I mean, who, you know, they had an adventure together within the last couple years. And I would think if I had been turned into a lizard man and then saved by a Spider-Man, and then the Spider-Man came swinging into the window of my laboratory. I'd be like, and he was like, do you remember me? I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Do I remember you? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think so. Unless you're some kind of a uh, weird clone. <laughs> so he's like, we need this uh, magical serum. I'll order it in. And Spider-Man's like, great. Uh, whatever the expense. So then Peter Parker goes home and packs up a bunch of his lab equipment, microscopes and whatnot to like pawn off and do whatever. There's a hilarious pawn shop owner in the background who's like, he doesn't look like the type who'd get into heavy debt, but you can never tell. I just thought it was funny because I was like, what would I sell off in order to like, you know, recoup debt? And I really have nothing of value. I feel like if I sold, if I sold everything to try and like, uh, work up some money for a serum, which, you know, hopefully I'll never have to do for many reasons, but I think I would have to go the route of like, there was that guy on who put basically his, everything he owned on eBay as like a, a lump sum. I think that's what I'd have to do is just be like, here's all the shit I have and hope that it's like, well... Maybe somebody will, you know, pay some amount for all this stuff and just be like, I'll take this, take the lot. And, uh, hopefully that would work. I don't know what I would do after that. I mean, uh, I can't imagine it would, I can't, it would probably be a very, um, disappointing amount of money. It has to be a disappointing exercise if you're like, I'm going to sell off everything. And then you're like, wow, that's a, uh, so that's my net worth, huh? Yikers. Um, so then it turns out that uh, we cut back to Dr. Octopus Master Planner talking to one of his henchmen. And the henchman is like, we just learned that there's this serum coming through. Someone has ordered it, and Dr. Octopus is like, well, this is super convenient, because I need that for whatever the fuck I'm doing. And then, so that's like the dun-dun-dun, because you're like, oh, this is how these stories collide. 
Spider-Man's waiting on the serum to save Aunt May. Dr. Octopus is going to steal it. <laughs> so there's a courier getting off a plane who's just like, oh, I'm delivering a thing. And then he gets whacked over the back of the head and they take it from him. And he's like, no, no, come back. You mustn't. And that's pretty much the end of his involvement, which I was like, listen, if I'm a courier and I'm bringing some kind of, you know, medical supply somewhere, I mean, okay, let's say I'm bringing a kidney and someone desperately needs a kidney and you work for an evil crime boss who also needs a kidney, but he's low on the list because he's an evil crime boss. And so you, as his henchmen, are going to come and steal the kidney. Listen, this is a message very specifically for a very specific person in a very specific set of circumstances. Colon. Uh, you don't have to bash me over the head or shoot me or, you know, do anything like that. Just come up to me and say, here's the deal. I'm taking this kidney. Otherwise, I'm going to do a bunch of violence on you. And I will probably just give it to you. And then you don't have to do that to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll feel bad about it. But, like, what are you going to do? Maybe the best thing is, like, if you did a minor amount of violence to me, uh, such that I couldn't, I couldn't stop you. You know what I mean? If you somehow, like, just tripped me and then handcuffed me to something real quick and you're like, we're taking this, goodbye. And that way I could be like, I did what I could. I, I had no idea they were coming. <laughs> Something. So Spider-Man finds out this is happening uh, and basically goes on a rampage, which is like, this is a, a sort of a classic superhero story style that uh, happened frequently in Marvel comics of this time and other comics. Um, that it, It's not been identified as much as a story style, though, which is like, Hero on a rampage, you know, fighting crime like a man possessed. And he basically busts into every warehouse and, you know, bad guy hideout in the city and just starts kicking asses and taking names and, you know, destroying furniture and uh, any door that, you know, leads to a hideout has been completely blasted off the hinges by a Spider-Man kick at this point. You know what I mean? Any uh, card table has been completely collapsed by a flying body. Um, cars being overturned, staircases torn off the wall. Just going apeshit. And I love it, by the way. This, this is one of my favorite story types, is just superhero who, like, hasn't... who's had enough, and he's just gonna go apeshit for a while. He's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna fuck some shit up. And you're like, right on. Let's do that. Um, so then he, you know, kind of stumbles upon the secret hideout, which, you know, there's an underground entrance using Spidey Sense. Uh, spoiler alert for Jordan Peele's Us. It's just an underground staircase somewhere that goes to a thing. And uh, he beats the shit out of a bunch of these guys and then gets into the lair and finds out it is, in fact, Dr. Octopus is the master planner. Also that he's got the serum, so on and so forth. It's kind of weird that in this story we find out that so early as readers that Dr. Octopus is master planner. Um, we know so much ahead of Spider-Man that this is the fact, but then Spider-Man finds out he's the master planner. 
but it doesn't really like change the trajectory of the story at all. It's just like, oh, he was using a different name, but kind of doing the same shit. So whatever. Uh, they fight. You know, if this was a movie script, it would be like they fight. And <laughs> 10 minutes later, this is how we end up in an iconic Spider-Man situation depicted on the cover of the next issue. They have a big fight. A bunch of equipment and stuff gets wrecked. And Spider-Man gets trapped under this wreckage. Uh, he's trapped under the wreckage. The serum is just out of reach. And because the base is underwater and, you know, their fight has caused water to start leaking into the area. So Spider-Man is trapped under a huge machine. Um, he, you know, seemingly can't get out. I mean, it's a, an enormous machine, you know, 10 times the size of his body, maybe more. And, uh, he's like flat on his stomach so he can't, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him to get out. He's going to have to do like the world's best push up to get out of this. Uh, water's filling the chamber and uh, the serum's out of reach. And so he's Aunt May's only hope. So, you know, we cut to Aunt May in the hospital going, Peter. And Dr. Connors being like, damn it, there's nothing else I can do until I get the serum. He doesn't actually say damn it, but. He's got that posture of scientists saying, damn. And then uh, you've got, you know, the the goons saying, like, I think Spider-Man will never beat the Master Planner. Um, and so then, you know, Spider-Man's under the machinery, and that's the end of this issue. So it leads into, you know, one of the most oft, uh, most popular Spider-Man sort of covers and stories and whatever of all time, which is issue 33, which we'll have next time coming up next on the amazing Spider-Webcast. <laughs>